I'm Matt Prater. This week we're talking to me. <laughs> I recently went on a mission trip to Cambodia and uh, I was interviewed by Robbo and Shelley from the Vision Radio Network. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, I'm Pastor Matt Prater from New Hope Brisbane and History Makers Radio. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Well, it's always interesting when people travel overseas on a short-term mission to get the stories when they return. Is I guess you're never quite sure what you expect. Some amazing things that can happen to yourself as you go, as well as to the people that you go to. And uh, someone to share a couple of stories with us today is a good mate of ours, Matt Prater from History Makers Radio. How you going, Matt? Guys, it's so good to talk to you. My favourite brekkie radio announcers in the world. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> you're our favourite History Makers presenter in the oh, world, too. Oh, no, you're my favourite, Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were on last weekend, weren't we? That's right. Hey, mate, uh, you just got back from two weeks in Cambodia. What was it like? Well, I tell you what, I've still got a bit of re-entry reverse culture shock now that I'm back, um, but it was just an, the most amazing mission trip I've ever been on. Uh, I went over with a ministry called Heartland International, uh, a uh, guy named Pastor Andrew Cook from Brisbane um, planted this uh, ministry work there in 2002, and he takes over about three or four Aussie teams per year. Uh, so we arrived in the country about two weeks ago, and you know, it was 35 degrees, absolutely stinking hot. Oh, right. <laughs> so I arrived there and just thought, oh, geez, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, get down to wearing a singlet and shorts for a week, uh, <laughs> for a couple of weeks. And I tell you what, the people over there are just the most friendly people. When you say g'day, uh, you say socks and buy. Can you, can you guys say that for me? Socks and buy. Socks and buy. It's like buy some socks, but back to front. <laughs> 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 so you walk around going, socks and buy, socks and buy. And, um, when you arrive there, you know, they see a white person and I don't know whether they think, wow, they're really good looking or wow, they've got lots of money, <laughs> <laughs> but they all run up to you wherever you go. I think it'd be the latter, mate. Yeah, probably something to do with money. So um, <laughs> you just get kids and, and people selling stuff at markets, you know, want to buy one dollar, one dollar, want to buy, you know, and you just totally bombarded so it's a bit of a, a culture shock when you arrive over there I can imagine and so um, what sort of things this, this ministry is it like a church or do they do an orphanage what sort of stuff do they do well they never intended to plant a church they, they really wanted to do orphanages and feed the poor and do that kind of stuff when they started but they had so many conversions through their ministry uh, that they ended up planting a church there now oh. um, so there's a young guy named Pastor Chenna uh, who is the, uh, the senior pastor there he's only 29 and uh, his name's actually Chenna Touch. His last name's Touch. And one of, one of the funny stories I heard was that there was a missionary there from Ballina that was visiting, and he had a T-shirt on that said Ballina Touch because he was part of the Ballina Touch footy team. <laughs> and so they decided to name the little girl, their three-year-old daughter, they, they named her Ballina. Oh. <laughs> wow. A really cool Aussie connection, Ballina Touch. Oh, wow. And um, so anyway, the ministry over there, basically it started um, with just... Aussie missionaries heading over there preaching the gospel and uh, they set up feeding programs in the slums uh, they set up uh, a new start program for kids that, that um, were really poor uh, they, they brought clothes over they started um, trying to teach them how to be self-sufficient how to you know do the, build their own farms and, and get out of poverty themselves 
and then because they had so many Christians, they started a church, and now they've planted probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight house churches around uh, a province there called Kempon Chen. And uh, just wherever you go, the people are just so hungry for the gospel. Uh, in the time we were there, we would have seen over 40 salvations in, the, in that two weeks. Mm. Wow. Uh, we saw a number of miracles. Do you, do you want to hear one of the best miracles I've heard? Yeah, absolutely. This one absolutely blew me away. Um, what we do over there is one of the things we, we do as a team is we go into the AIDS ward of the hospital. And uh, Cambodia has one of the highest percentages of HIV AIDS sufferers uh, in Asia. Uh, and just the filthiest, dirtiest hospital you can imagine. You just walk in there, you've got, you know, your your swine flu mask on <laughs> and mm. and you, you you go in and you talk to the people and most of them will become Christians because, you know, they're on their deathbed, they're really ill. And um, and then I heard a story um, of a lady that who was a Muslim lady who, who was in there a couple of months ago and she uh, was, was really crook. They prayed for her. She became a Christian and uh, she got better. Within about a week, she was completely 100%. And... Um, she went home to the Muslim part of the town and uh, she was uh, sent out straight to work again. So because she was out in the sun working hard again, she ended up getting sick again. And she became so sick that she actually died. And uh, three days after she died, they put her in the coffin, they were about to bury her, and she woke up. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she, she says, I've seen Jesus. I saw heaven. Wow. She had this incredible visitation of Jesus, and she started running around the Muslim village telling everyone about Jesus, and <laughs> all these people were converted. And, That's amazing. And uh, she's now involved in another Christian mission organization over in, in Cambodia. And you hear a story like that, and you just think, wow, God is on the move in Cambodia. You know, yeah. it's an amazing story. Is it predominantly a Muslim country? Like, what, are, what is the religious makeup of Cambodia? Yeah, it's actually 95% Buddhist. Oh, okay. So it's uh, it's got a, a very strong Buddhist population, um, and like wherever you go, there's shrines and Buddhist temples. There's only about two or three percent Muslim, uh, which, which uh, you know you go through, and they all live in their own little pockets. Um, I'll tell you some of the stats. There's 13 million in Cambodia, uh, under one percent are Christian. Um, over 42 percent of the people there are under 15. What? One in eight children die before the age of five. And there's over 10,000 street kids that live uh, homeless in, in the capital, Phnom Penh. Uh, and you, you, have you guys heard about the, the Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot? You know all the history yeah, there? Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, in 75 to 79, they had 2 million people wiped out uh, during that time. And it was just horrific. Like, I went to the Genocide Museum and saw what this country went through. Um, all religion... Uh, was was wiped out. Any any of the intelligentsia, any academic people, even if you had glasses, um, th they were just sent to the killing fields in that time. Wow. So the country was devastated and broken, um, and there was only small pockets of Christians throughout um, Cambodia at that time. But I heard one preacher while I was over there. He said it was like there were embers all over the country, and all it needed was the wind of the Holy Spirit to come. And now there's pockets of revival wherever you go in in the churches. They're seeing you know, tens, twenties, thirties souls saved every week, and um, it's like they have they have Buddhism there, which is just a shallow form of Buddhism. Like they just they just burn incense and and try and do what their ancestors did, but that, that it's not really a deep religion. So when they hear the gospel about Jesus, they they realise that they can't follow all the Buddhist commandments, and they realise that they need a saviour, mm. <laughs> and then they come to Christ. It's the most awesome um, place to to preach the gospel. You know, it's it's ripe for the harvest. That's amazing.
You went over there for a couple of weeks to work with this ministry. It sounds like they're doing a great job. So what did your day-to-day things look like? What did you actually do when you were there? Yeah, well, it's it's three hours time difference. So uh, every day I'd wake up at about 4 a.m. <laughs> hmm. and think, hmm. So it was actually a really good, great time to get up and read the Bible. And, uh, you know, I try and read through the Bible every year and, and do daily devotions and journaling. So we started with that. I taught the team over there to do that. So all of them were, were doing it by the time I finished. And then at 7 a.m., um, after brekkie, you have um, worship. About 20 or 30 of the local Cambodians, and uh, there was five of us on the team. We all would just worship for like an hour or two and prophesying, praying for each other, um, and just stirring each other up for the day. Then each day there'd be a different project, like you'd go to and visit the AIDS ward and pray for people. Uh, you'd go to the slums and, and take rice to them. Uh, you'd go uh, out to... We actually went to an island there, when no one there had ever heard the gospel before. Uh, so we were the first people to ever take the gospel of this island, and we would just go door to door, and uh, people would welcome you in. You'd leave your shoes at the door, you know, that's respect over there. And then you'd sit down with them, and just with an interpreter, I would start sharing my testimony and sharing about Jesus, and it was like a light would come on. They would mm. go, wow, oh, this is good news. And, and then pretty much like 90% of the time, if you'd say, would you like to become a Christian and, and have your, your sins forgiven and, and be born again, but they would say yes, uh, and you'd pray with them. And One of the other great stories was uh, one of the pastors went away uh, for a night and asked me to teach his English class. He, was, he had eight students uh, who weren't Christians, they were Buddhists mainly, and they wanted to um, learn English. So I sat down with them one night and I just you know, did some conversational English with them. And then they said to me at the end, they said, can you tell us a story about Jesus? I said, yeah, sure. So I threw an interpreter. I, I shared the gospel with them completely. And and then I said, look, does anyone want to become a Christian? And there was a bit of, bit of a pause there. And I thought, oh, well, you can't win them all. <laughs> and then one of the girls said, yes, I do. And then another girl said, yes, I did. And then all eight of them oh, put wow. their hands up and I prayed the sinner's prayer with them. And uh, we went and bought them some Bibles um, in Khmer and English, like a a, uh, a bilingual Bible. Oh, right, yeah. And, you know, just seeing these new converts, is, you know what it's like when you're around new Christians, you just get so fired up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Have you been on short-term mission trips before? Well, I've, it, I've been a pastor for three years now at, here at New Hope Brisbane, and part of my training, I've had to go to Hawaii four times. Oh, that's tough. Uh, so I've been suffering for the Lord <laughs> in Hawaii. <laughs> um, but... I've done, you know, short Aussie short-term mission trips, but I've never been to a third-world country where I've okay. seen so much poverty and so much disease and so much brokenness. Um, so for me, it's like I'm changing gears in my ministry now. I want to go regularly to mm. places like this. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there was a prophecy over Australia by a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. Mm. He prophesied that Australians would usher in a great end times revival and go to the nations of the earth and see the last greatest revival and I really believe we're coming into that season as a nation where Aussies like Pastor Andrew Cook from Heartland International and you know you hear of Steve Grace going to Papua New Guinea you hear of Cole Stringer travelling around you hear all these guys Aussies are going to the nations and bringing the gospel and seeing revival fires lit and uh, I really believe that's a, a season that, uh, that the church in Australia is coming into more and more mm, Excellent Yeah well having been on one myself I know that uh, certainly they're very uh, they're life changing for the people that go as well as for the ones that they're uh, ministering to so I, I would highly encourage people to look at what's available as far as getting out on a trip I mean there's lots of different things that do happen all over the, the place different organisations so check it out be a part of it I reckon it'd be a good thing 
Absolutely. And if anyone wants the information for this ministry, it's uh, www.heartlandinternational.org.au. And uh, there's ways you can support. You can pray for them. Uh, you can go on a trip. I know there's about 10 people from my church after I preached yesterday. <laughs> there's about 10 people at my church that are keen to, uh, to go in December on a trip. Um, it's two two and a half thousand, I think, to go on a trip, and uh, or, or you can um, donate and support, or, or you might want to donate some clothes, or I, I know um, you know those little rubber shoes you can get. Yep. Some guy donated eighty thousand of them uh, to go to Cambodia. <laughs> Every time they go over, they take a whole bunch of shoes with them, and wow. yeah, it's just uh, a great way to sow into this country. And, and there are many countries, of course, that we can we can sow into for the kingdom of God. Mm. Yeah, awesome. It sounds like a great work that they're doing over there, and a, an absolutely life changing experience for you to go and be a part of it and we would encourage people if God's calling you to do short-term missions then by all means uh, follow it and pursue it. Thanks so much for your time this morning Matt and we look forward to hearing you on History Makers this coming weekend. Absolutely and I'm going to have some History Makers interviews with some of the pastors and the evangelists that I met over there. Um, we're trying to work out how to edit them because they're through an interpreter. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. But they some of the most amazing stories, so make sure you, you look out for them on the History Makers website as well. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.